if you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.com. 
Co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And if you liked our first episode of 10 questions submitted through the pit, you're going to love our second episode of 10 more questions submitted through the pit. 10 more questions submitted through the pit. Strikes back. Returns. Strikes back. You You know, Return of the Jedi was originally called Revenge of the Jedi? To me, those are pretty interchangeable, I I guess. A return or revenge? Hi, would you like to return to my home uh, to seek revenge? Yes, similar. But I guess I'm just a chill gal. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You don't have the vengeance of a Jedi. (laughs) My favorite was the, uh, that was a classic pace case. (laughs) (laughs) Shop local. (laughs) Well, we hope we'll, we'll get another shop local out of pace case today. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us in these holiday episodes where we're answering everybody's questions. We hope everybody out there is having a great holiday season with all your yes. friends, all your family, all your loved ones, doing whatever you might be doing. Clues, are you traveling? Going anywhere? Might be doing a little mini move. Might be doing a mini move. <gasps> a mini yeah. move. That's right. Wowie. Might be doing a little mini move, taking a little little mini vacay. Are you, you okay getting ready for a mini move? Hell no. I hate it. That said, let's get to our first question. Are you ready, Pace Case? I'm going to Minneapolis. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a major move. It's a mini move. It's going to be cold as hell. If you got to pack a coat. I'm only packing long johns. Oh my, you're not taking a coat? Well, yeah, and a coat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got to pack a coat. I'm just saying no normal clothing. Pack a coat, major move. Pack a coat, major move. That's not a mini move. If you have to have an entire new suit of armor for the place you're going to, major move, in my opinion. You can wear the coat on the plane. Mini move is socks. Tie it around your waist. Then it's just extra pockets. If you got to have a... I'm stuffing all those pockets. That's only purpose is to keep you alive when you are outside of a building. That's a major move. Mini move is socks, underwear, t-shirts, pants, toiletries. Anything beyond that, major move. I'm look, I'm not arguing for the cold here. <laughs> but a trip, I can I can handle it. Right, you just well. gotta have the right armor. Have you ever worn, you know, a little skiing onesie? So cozy. Hate it. I've been in very cold places in my life. Hate them all, pal. All right, let's move on. This is our first question. Are you ready, Pace Case? You get seasonal affective disorder? I guess. I just have lived in LA so long. It's like, if it's outside of 68 to 72 degrees, it ain't for me. All right. 72 to 74 for me. Fair. Um, Let's have our first question. Are you ready, Pace Case? Yes. I hope that answers it. (laughs) Hello, Pace Case, Bachelor Clues, and Dark Seeker. 
aka the Holy Trinity, congratulations on your infiltration of the Bachelor player pool. My question today is for Bachelor Clues. As we are all aware, you have coached many a player in our beloved game. But my question for you is, would you ever coach a Bachelor producer? I know the front lines of the Bachelor production are nigh impenetrable, but what if it was an inside job? In a theoretical reality where a glorified producer is willing to team up with the pit, would you take them on as one of your protégés? Thank you for your service, and praise be Dark Lord Palmer. An interesting question. There's your show. How much of this can I answer? How much can I answer? What can I say here? Uh, This is a hard question to answer for a variety of reasons. I will simply say this. The influence of gore extends beyond the player pool. I can say that much. Uh, How much it extends, to what degree, to what severity, I can't really say. So this isn't even a hypothetical. It is not a hypothetical. This has been a goal for a long time, to have more control over the show than simply sending players in. I can't tell you where I am in that goal, how far down that road I've gone. Are you Mike Flays? You have to tell me if you're Mike Flays. Yeah, I'm Mike Flays. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Mike Flays. I have extensive plastic surgery every two months to look like a completely different person. It's either I look like Clues or I look like Flays. If I was Mike Flays, I would tell you um, in subtle ways. Just every year for your birthday, I'd give you a broken diamond ring. Yeah, a new sparkler, broken engagement ring. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a great question. It's an interesting question. And it is is part of my set of goals to have ever-increasing influence over our beloved game. And of course, that would require, as you put it, an inside job, a producer who is loyal to the show. We have seen uh, in recent years a DLP sign in the the fucking tell-all audience. That obviously doesn't happen without some producers being part of it. Yes. There has been a slow absorption of our terminology by producers. We now know that producers call the Huju a Huju. That is a a term that we coined. They have absorbed it into their own lexicon. So we do have some influence over the, um, the game in that way. In terms of like, you know, would I coach a producer in quotes? A hundred percent. Absolutely. If there's a producer out there listening to this and you've got uh, your next season of Bachelorette is going to go into production here in a few months after or toward the the, the end. Yeah, definitely have some ideas. Um, We don't know what the fate of BIP is now. We know there are rumors. um, I believe Reality Steve has been reporting that it it might be canceled next year. There may be no season 10. Oh, my dark Lord. I know. If there is a season 10 coming up, you know, and you want some ideas about how to resurrect that show, how to bring it back to its former glory, we have those ideas, certainly. But yeah, this is a goal. I will I will say that much, and I can't tell you if I've achieved it or how close I've come to achieving it or uh, how drastically I've achieved it or any of these things. I can't say those things, but definitely it's... How much plastic surgery I've had to achieve <laughs> yeah. it. That's why I'm getting plastic surgery is to pretend to be a different person entirely, just in case they're watching our <laughs> our videos and they know who I am. Um, but no, it's it's something that we definitely want to do. I would love to have a much more involved relationship with the show creatively, whatever that would look like, and and however I can mm. get that to happen. I think there are 
There are certain people in the upper echelons of the creative tier on that show that are not on our side. There are certain people in some echelons of the creative structure of that show who are on our side. I can say that hmm. much. What percentage? I mean, Jesus. If To know the percentage means I would have to know how many people are actually involved in all of that, and I don't exactly. There's there's some fuzzy areas around the edges of like, well, wait a minute, though. Who's making this decision and who's making this decision? Um, but at any rate, a great question. And hopefully 2020 Gore will provide a little more influence from us into our beloved game. Are you ready for the next question, Pace Case? Hey, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues. My name is Heidi. And my question for you is, if you could go back in time to the early seasons of Bachelor and Bachelorette, and say you were able to choose one player to coach who's already been in the game, who would you coach? Such a good question. It's a very simple answer, though. I know who I thought of first. Mary Delgado. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Mary Delgado definitely would have been fun to coach. God, I don't know, though. It's so it's a, it's an interesting question. Um, and I think that, yeah, Delgado, maybe. Fuck. Wait, coach for their season or for a new season? I don't know. I think maybe coach for their season. It's hard when mm. you think back to those those early seasons because the game was so chaotic like the producers didn't know what was going on. They were inventing shit like group date roses and one-on-one -on -one roses. And the FIMP yeah. didn't come until Jesse Palmer gave the first FIMP. That should tell you something. Season five, it didn't exist in the game. Via his pants. <laughs> yeah. Chris Harrison gave it to him outside the mansion and said, take this in there. This is the first impression rose. Now you're going to give this to whoever you want to. Da -da 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 -da. And he's like, thanks. And he just like tucks it into his belt and then hides it with his coat and walks in. Um, I don't know. I mean, there were so many good players. And also, like, could I coach Leeds? I would have loved to have coached Charlie O'Connell. How much fun yes. would that have been? Dude, you could do way more with pissing off Chris Harrison. You're the lead of the yeah. show. He can't do anything to you. <laughs> Lift him again. Pick him up again. Yeah. Lift him again. <laughs> Carry him like That's a little baby say. next time you see him. Carry Put him, him on like your shoulders. Carry him like Luke did Yoda. Um, I... <laughs> There's so many players I would have liked to have coached, but Mary Delgado. <laughs> like Luke did Yoda. Star Wars Returns. God, could I have coached Jay Overby? Could I have made him The Bachelor instead of Byron Velvick? Who knows? Ooh, um, that would have been a fun challenge. Yeah, we could have changed the history. Just through one episode. I think I could have coached Gingin to a hometown in Trista Sutter's first season. I bet I could have gotten him to a hometown. Didn't um, oh, no. He was like, I thought he was fourth place. No, he was like, he was way deep down, but he was like funny and he, he went against type. And so he kind of blew up on the internet and that's why they made him a, um, a bachelor essentially. But yeah, there's a bunch Delgado. I think just for prestige alone, it's like thinking back about like baseball or something. It's like what player in the, the, you know, heyday of 1920s baseball, would you have liked to coach? Obviously Babe Ruth. That would have been incredible. I was thinking about like for a comeback. Okay. Come back onto Bachelor or do Golden mm. Bachelor. Well, can you imagine if like Delgado came into Golden? How old is Mary Delgado now? That's what I'm saying. Like she would crush it. She's 56. Okay. She's almost there. Almost there. But I think she might be married Four or something. Years. I don't know. Byron Velvick is 59. He's right there. 
America. They bring Byron Melvin back. I think he's married too. I think all these people are probably like married and whatever, but God damn, I would love to coach Mary Delgado for a, a golden season if that's possible in the next four years, I guess. Byron Velvet, that would be so weird. Alex Michelle. And they have them all, they just do all the things they did from his yeah. season, have them all live on the property. You know who I would have loved to coach actually is Shannon Oliver. <laughs> yes. From season one. Now we're going to go off farther with your dog. That would be a pleasure. <laughs> Because I think she, there was a lot left on the table. You get down on the floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just a straight season of dog play. Gabby Wendy style. Yeah. It's, it's her in a two-way mirror room watching players interact <laughs> with her dog. That's night one. Anyway, an interesting question. Thank you very much for it. Let's move on, shall we, to the next question. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Chad. Heather here from little old Satsuma, Alabama. I want to know why you guys think that there is no bachelor games, no winter games or anything of that sort anymore. Thanks. Merry Christmas. Pace case here. Didn't they only do one winter games ever? I think they did two seasons of it, didn't they? No, one season. Damn, there was only one season. Well, the answer in this case is quite simple. Ratings versus budget. So whatever it costs to fly all these players out, and I'm sure some of those players, maybe all those players were getting paid because it is like a paradise format. Mm -hmm. And on paradise, they all get paid. Everybody's negotiating their own uh, per week rate or per day rate, whatever it may be. And so whatever the cost of Winter Games was to get all those players to the location, to pay them for however long they stayed in the show, did not warrant whatever the ratings were of that show. It was not a profitable uh, expenditure for Warner Brothers, NZK, ABC, and therefore they do not renew your show. This is the same. This is true of any TV show. And the winter games are only once every four years. But I mean, they could have had it every winter, obviously. And now they have, um, you know, so many other shows. I think when they fire off like a winter games or a love is not love is blind, uh, listen to your heart. When they do these kind of like offshoot things, listen to your heart was also a weird one because it was during the pandemic and they had no other media to put on their airwaves. So they didn't really have a choice. But <sighs> that's if you were to go back and be a producer, I would want to do listen to your heart. Oh, my God. And I would have recast and I would have put all of these veterans in. I don't even like the casting to me wasn't bad. I liked the cast of listen to your heart. It was the game itself. It was the construction of how that show worked that fucked it. Because you, if you had any of those players, or, or the same players that you had, you had some real standouts. Uh, remember fucking Natasha Besses? Danny fucking Padilla. Danny fucking Padilla. Um, they just didn't have a good game. This this idea that they had to come on stage and not only sing and dance, but like also while you're in your musical performance, you have to make us show chemistry. Underst yeah, understand that you're in a relationship. It just didn't fucking work. It should have been the romance shit is happening concurrently with the singing shit. And you use that to try and break apart uh, relationships so that you can team up. You have to team up with somebody to do a musical duet. You have to do that every week, but it doesn't have to be the person you're romantically interested in. Then mm. you get people who are romantically interested on one side. But oh shit, I'm way better musically with this other person. Is that going to break up the romantic relationship? Is it, are you going to try to start a new one with this other person? It adds a whole layer of complications that don't exist otherwise. 
they just didn't do it right. They they were very dumb in the way they constructed that the mechanics of the game part of that show. And I think that's why it sucked personally. Um, Winter Games was different, though. Winter Games was more like a straight. You guys have to compete in these physical competitions against each other. It was more of a perfect matchy kind of uh, vibe. It just didn't get the ratings. I mean, that's all there is to it. And I think that there's something in Bachelor, and this was true of Bachelor Pad as well, which had a money prize for the winners. Bachelor hits you over the head with 4TRR. That's what this is. People are here to find love. That's all it is. All this other shit is bullshit. If you're not here to find love, you're for the wrong reasons, and you're fucking out of the game. If you have a mechanic in the concept of the fucking show itself, which Winter Games did, Love is Blind mm-hmm. did, and Badger Pad did, the mechanic is 4TWR. You can't inject an underlying for the wrong reasons under a bachelor premise, which is always for the right reasons, and have it still work. And that's kind of the the Achilles heel of the bachelor games is you cannot have a 4TRR component of the game mechanics. You cannot. It doesn't work. It has never worked. It fails every time. I got lost in Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then I was looking at pictures of Ashley and Kevin celebrating and Winter Games. Ben Higgins just kind of stood around. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Claire Crawley. Yep, he did. He got his screen time and he got out. All right, let's move on, shall we, to our next question. I recently discovered that one of the players from this most recent season of BIP lives in my building and I've seen him a couple times now um, and he seems cool I want to be friends with him but um, I feel like I don't know I, I feel like I would have to pretend to I, I would have to pretend I don't know who he is um, so that I I don't know I'm not just like being creepy fangirl, but um, let me know what we what would you do in this situation? Say your point to the show. <laughs> Say your point to the show. Yeah, this is the the we had another question just like this in our our uh, first mailbag episode. How do you approach the basic question is how do you approach a bachelor player when you're somebody who's deep in the pit when you have a, a, an extreme fandom of this show and all the players in it. How do you approach someone and not seem like a crazy person? The answer is always you have to elevate yourself above fan. Oh yeah. I've been thinking about applying for the show or, uh, I saw you on the season. I think it's okay to say, I saw you on the season and loved what you did. What are you up to now? Immediately pivot off of, I watched the show. You can Mm -hmm. say that as an initial, like, this is how I know you. And then immediately, what are you doing in this city? What's going on now? How's life been? And you you pivot it right into just kind of a normal personal conversation and you tamp down all of the dark energies of the pit that are screaming to come out of your body and do any kind of fan service <laughs> to this person. Definitely keep those screams, screams down. No screams on a on the first meet. Maybe you bake up a bunch of pasta, yeah. real messy red spaghetti sauce, and then you you're carrying and oopsie daisy (laughs) you run into each other that's kind of like an ifi it is yeah a meet cute is an ifi play an ifi when you're in the laundry room of your building 
um, pretend to fall down, hurt your ankle when you see the person coming, mm-hmm. pretend to fall down the <laughs> stairs, uh, maybe incur a real yeah. injury. Maybe <laughs> it's their fault somehow. Yeah, you get know. some damage on you. Blame it on them. Then they've got to come with you to the hospital. Make them a little scared <laughs> that you're going to yeah. see that. No, don't do that. But this <laughs> reminds me of uh, when I was younger. I remember being at a party and uh, there was an actress at this party who played Meadow Soprano on The Sopranos. Do you know Jamie Lynn Sigler was her name? Oh, yeah. And I was there with a friend and my friend was like, oh, my God, dude, I'm going to go talk to her. And I'm like, all right. And so I'm just kind of overhearing his conversation. And he walked up to her and he was like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, oh, Jesus, he's already like, this is going terribly already. Because I can tell he's going to pretend like he doesn't know who she is. No. And this was when Sopranos was like, maybe it had just finished or something. It was like when Sopranos was still the biggest show on HBO within a couple of years. Yeah. And um, he's like talking to her and he goes, hey, uh, you know, my name's whatever, da, 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 da. So what do you do? He says, so what do you do? And she just looks at him and goes, I'm an actress on The Sopranos and then turned around and walked away. <laughs> that is such a power move. I love that response. Like like she had heard. Oh, it, it made me laugh so fucking hard. Just shot him down immediately, said, fuck you very much. And like t- literally turned her back to him and walked away. And uh, it just in that moment, I was like, yeah, you can't do that. Obviously, you know who she is. That's why you're talking to her. So the same, I think, applies here. Don't pretend like you don't know who they are. Say that you do know who they are because of this, and you loved what they did on that thing. In this case, Bachelor. Mm. I saw you in season whatever. You were fantastic. Maybe even say something about one single event they did. That group date was absolutely incredible. Yeah, the thing with the cake. Yeah. So what do you? And then what are you up to now? Ideally, it's not about their engage broken engagement. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully, they didn't go far and get totally destroyed by the game. If they got wrecked by the game. Keep it light. Keep it simple. Loved what you did with that truth box. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) I've never seen a box smashed in such an entertaining way. Uh, If it is Aaron S. Um, But yeah, it depends on on kind of what they did in the season, I think. But if they got out of the season pretty unscathed, you can reference specific shit. If the season was bad to them, if they got a bad edit, just say, I loved you on that season. What are you doing now? What are you doing in my city? That's it. Because especially if they've moved there, you can also then be like, if they're like, oh, I just got to town, you know, just trying to get my thing. Exactly. You become the local tour guide. Oh, I know. I know a great bar. If you ever want to go get a drink. That's it. That's all you got to say. It's a great, a great way to, you know, offer some value. Show there's, here's a coffee shop. There's a restaurant or whatever. Um, But yeah, be a... <laughs> These are human, real human beings who are living their lives and you don't know them and treat everybody with respect and, you know, respect their boundaries. Meadow Soprano, love that. Love that out. I'm, I'm going to say that. I'm an actress on The Sopranos and then just exit conversations. <laughs> it, was, it was so great. She didn't even say like, I'm one of the main characters or anything. Uh, it was just so, so perfectly good. done. I'll never forget that moment. Thank you, Jamie Lynn Sigler. All right, let's move on. Are you ready for the next question? 
Hey, Pace Case and Clues. This is Mackenzie. So this season of Bachelor in Paradise has been absolutely abysmal. And I just, I got to think that the ratings, especially compared to Golden Bachelor, have to be a wake-up call for the powers that be that some serious changes have got to be made. So I was curious to hear from both of you. Number one, what are your predictions for the changes that are actually going to be implemented on upcoming seasons, given, you know, all you know about production and their machinations and attitudes about things? And then number two, what do you wish change-wise would happen that production would actually take you up on? Personally, I wish it was more competition with like a money prize. So one, legally production couldn't be so controlling. But then two, it's a game. That's more fun. And then they're hot, so they'll hook up anyway. Um, But anyways, love you guys. Bye. Well, we kind of talked about this. It may be canceled. There may be no more Paradise. And I think if if they don't do a season of Paradise this year... And it works like if they get a fuckload of money because they're doing bachelor, golden bachelor, bachelorette, golden bachelorette. And uh-huh. those are their their shows that they're running. They won't go back. Yeah. It ain't coming back ever. Um, and I think this season, unfortunately, because it was so poorly produced, might be the nail in the coffin of Bachelor in Paradise. That said, what do I wish they would do? I don't think you can have a money prize. We we just kind of talked about this. I don't think you can put a for the wrong reasons underpinning to that game and have it still work. What you need to do is, in my opinion, very simple. Make it not a torture chamber. You make it a resort that when they go there, the people are uh, living comfortably. It is a fun vacation that you don't want to leave. When you have shit like Becca Serrano, she shows up. She feels she's imprisoned and she flees the scene. You don't ever want any player to be doing that. You want everyone mm-hmm. coming there to be like, I need to stay here as long as possible because this is fucking fun. I love this. I don't want to go back to my normal life. I might meet someone. Exactly. That's what I think you do. I think you make it more for TRR and you, and I think what change a way to do that is location based. Mm-hmm. I think it's, honestly such a huge obstacle that a lot of these relationships face or people don't even pursue each other because they're from opposite sides of the country or something. I would maybe make it a little bit more localized so that people are dating people who they actually have a realistic chance of marrying. I totally agree. I think you change it. I think it's not bachelor in paradise anymore. It's bachelor in and every season is different. Whatever the city is bachelor Mm -hmm. in Dallas bachelor in I mean, of course, I would start with Dallas, the source, obviously. Or like Bachelor in San Diego, Bachelor in whatever, you know. West Coast. Yeah, Bachelor West Coast. Great. And you you find some nice resort in whatever these cities are. Mm-hmm. And really nice. that's what it is. And the dates aren't, uh, let's make you a human churro and fucking Caesar creamy farts and all this shit. The dates are like <laughs> if you're in Dallas, you send them out to fucking Reunion Tower and you have them go out to a nice dinner in a in a fucking cinematic beautiful view Yeah, make dallas look like the best city in the universe and they're the hottest couple dating in the universe yes you what it should be is you're giving these players who did not have a chance to shine in their seasons the ability to have their one-on-one dates the ability to have that main character moment and that's what we want to see we all want to see that we want them to have Mm -hmm. these beautiful moments where they can fall in love just like they were supposed to on the bachelor and didn't get a chance to instead you've turned paradise into this thing that's like a torture chamber you must survive no one wants that and none of the relationships lasted the only relationship that came out of this last season wasn't even on 
fucking sand. It was Mendrell and Braden Bowers. Was just a reel at the end. What a mistake. I mean, another yes. thing that I would do is I would yeah. pay Tyler it's- Cameron, get some heavy hitters in there. So that people are actually like, I want this person to be my husband. Absolutely. And I'm I'm hoping that's a change that they'll implement for mm-hmm. Gratia Day, which I think they did for charity season, in that they elevated the lead. And I'm hoping yeah. that they're gonna do that with Gratia Day. And we're just gonna be gazing, gazing for days into those eyes. It just doesn't like what Bachelor in Paradise became. In the beginning, it wasn't like that. In the beginning, it was kind of like the fun flirty version of bachelor yes we're going to tell some jokes and it's going to be a little Mm -hmm. lowbrow but it wasn't like torture you know they did present as like you get to come to this amazing mexican resort that was a lie we found out ultimately around season four ish it was like wait a minute they're all sleeping in in fucking like bunk beds out on the beach and bugs are attacking them and all the shit and that became like a part of the story is like how hostile that environment was that part has to change you, it really needs to be like, oh my God, these people get to go experience this incredible thing where they get to date and go on these fantastic dates. It's all the top people from the most recent seasons who you want to see in other relationships and date each other. It's don't grind the players down. That's that's the main thing. I mean, I wasn't on board with any... There's no couple that you're really rooting for in this. And they tried to tear down both of the couples that they had at the end. Exactly. You have to take a page from Golden. The drama comes from the players you care about having to make hard decisions and getting kicked off or not. I want to see multiple Mm -hmm. people falling in love with multiple people and having to decide like, shit, I have to break this person's heart. I don't want to see a fucking truth box. Jesus Christ. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. 
It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, Okay. they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims it's simple just treat the players with respect treat the premise of the show with respect that's all you have to do and your paradise your Mm all-star season would work it's all-stars um it's not, you don't put in the Chiron, only narrator we could get. Or the fucking red arrows of like, so... remember this person? Neither does anybody else. Well, then why am I watching them? It, th- there is just a blatant misunderstanding by the producers on that show of what your all-star show is supposed to be. They don't get it at all. They seemingly hate the players and the entire construction of the show is set up to make their lives miserable for as long as, for two weeks or however long you're fucking there. It's it's just not done well. That said, uh, you know, we'll see if this reporting or this these rumors, I guess, bear out that it's been canceled. If it has, I think it is dead forever, at least for a decade. Um, I, I don't know why they would ever bring it back, especially if they're now gonna have this formula of the two goldens and the two non goldens. That's a whole year's worth of shit. I mean, they can do an all star of that shit. Exactly. Golden paradise. Maybe. Yeah, maybe like the Golden Cruise or something. At any rate, we hope we've answered your question. Let's move on to the next one. Are you ready? Hi, Peace Keys, Bachelor Clues, and Dark Seeker. Happy holidays. I have a few questions. I'd be thrilled if you'd answer any of them. The first one is, Clues, I know you can't reveal who you've coached without consent, but can you tell us any fun, juicy, behind-the-scenes tales or tidbits, things you've coached about, things you've learned, um, any fun stories that we can have? Um also, 
Right now I work in the legal field, but I would be kind of interested in branching out into the entertainment, writing, TV industry someday. Do you have any advice? It sounds like you both have some horror stories as PAs. Um, also, do, 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 do. I'm an X-Files girl. Um, speaking of aliens, what are your thoughts on the X-Files? Did you guys watch? Three questions here. What were they? I don't My even remember. My memory is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you Did would Did we know. watch the X-Files? How do you become a TV writer? And what was the first one? Oh, God. oh any fun tids of coaching people. Fun tids of coaching. All right. Fun tids of coaching. What can I say? What can I say? I can tell you this. I can tell you this. Producers literally give scripts to people at the tells in exchange for uh, promised births into paradise that don't wind up happening sometimes. Um, I can tell you that. God, I don't know. I just can't say much. Like I, I can't say much without the things that I'm saying possibly revealing uh, some of the players. But I can tell you that producers are, you know, we always talk about them being extremely Machiavellian. They are worse than even what we we talk about. They dangle shit. They lie constantly. Um, they do things purposely to sabotage players. I mean, like actively, purposely, we are going to fuck this player over. And so we're doing this thing. They're good at job, like in certain ways. Are they? I don't think that's good at job. Doing like an active in my opinion, doing something that actively fucks over a player in the game is not good at job. What you want to do is set up situations that require players to interact with each other in interesting ways. That can be rivalry, that can be friendship, that can be anything. That's good producing. Bad producing, in my opinion, is when you say, we are going to set up this thing specifically to tank this player. Then they have mm -hmm. no chance to play around it. And it looks malicious. It's it's weird. When a show gets overproduced, for example, I'll give you an example from 90 Day. There was an episode of 90 Day that just happened where the guy and the girl go into a sex shop. And the girl has, prior to this, admitted to him that she's bisexual. And he's like dealing with, oh, what does that mean for me? And whatever, whatever. So they're in the sex shop. And a, a person working at the sex shop, this woman, propositions them for a threesome. And you're watching this like, a producer fucking gave her the script. This is insane. It stands out like a sore thumb. And you're like, why would the producers do this to them? A complete stranger that has been paid by producers to say this shit, to try and blow up this couple. And it just, it doesn't work. And I think that Bachelor uh, has that same kind of problem, honestly. That's what I would say from, from players that I've coached in terms of like, I mean, limo exits is a big one where you have to do wheeling and dealing and negotiations with the producers to get to do what you want to do. And sometimes you do, and sometimes mm -hmm. you don't. And sometimes they're like, Hey, we like your limo exit, but what if you did this one instead? We'll give you this if you do that. And then they don't give you the thing they promised you. There's a lot of like just open lies told to players about like, if you do this thing for us, we'll do this thing for you. And then they never do the thing for you for and a million mm -hmm. excuses about why they can't. So that, that is the one thing. That, and there's NDAs. Yeah, so. exactly. There, there's nothing that can ever be said about it. That's the one thing I always tell players. And the thing that I'm really learning a lot about is like, you simply can never trust anything a producer tells you ever, unfortunately. Might depend on the producer. Uh, certainly. There, there are some producers who are like better than others, <laughs> but just blanketly, 
you can't because you don't know which those what producers are going to be nice to you. And that's an individual case by case basis, too. Sometimes a producer will take a liking to a certain player and not another player. And they might be a nice producer otherwise, but they're going to fuck this player over for sure. You know, you just don't know. Uh, it's hard. It's a hard game to play. That said, uh, how do you become a TV writer, Pace Case? Go do something crazy that uh, you can brand as your hook to get in a room. Uh, become a lawyer. Uh, go live somewhere crazy. Uh, be the most knowledgeable person about a certain subject. Because then there's TV shows about everything, and they're always going to need somebody who knows a lot about that subject. The other way is like, you know, trying to be a PA and writer's PA, writer's assistant, but I wouldn't do that. That's what I was doing. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I think that the, I think those days are done. That's like the the super old network TV model. I kind of bypassed that. I wrote a book called The Average American Male which got optioned as a TV show at Showtime by what was then George Clooney and Steven Soderbergh's production company. And that was the first TV show I ever sold. And I got a quick lesson in exactly how your material can be taken from you, rewritten by somebody else, uh, while you have to just sit there and watch and turn into a horrible pile of shit and then never made. And you get paid pennies on the dollar. But also, writing a book can be another angle in... Uh, I wouldn't, yeah, the tear is dead. I know people who've spent so many years being script coordinators or writer's assistants and never getting that bump up to staff writer. I just can't in good conscience recommend it. It really is at this point about, I think, depending on what you want to get into. If you want to get into like comedy writing, I would say start making funny shit on Instagram and TikTok. Get yeah. your numbers up. And and I mean, that's like half the cast of Saturday Night Live right now is is from that. I think that's the place to do it. And and yeah, like Pace Case is saying, do something funny, do something interesting, get recognized for it, use that as your resume, and uh, the doors will open. Mm -hmm. Then the third part of this question, aka the third question within this question, did you watch X-Files? No. I did. Every episode. Loved it. As you might imagine. I think I've seen the movies. Okay. Uh, was there? Oh, there were two movies, right? Or one movie. I think there was one movie. I know I saw one movie like back when I lived in Connecticut as a kid. Yeah, I love the X-Files. It was obviously on for many, many seasons about these two FBI agents who worked on, in quotes, the X-Files. Started out as kind of a monster of the week show where they would go investigate a chupacabra and a werewolf and this and that. And over the course of many seasons, it became like a real season-long arc type of show that was more about this big government conspiracy about a, a coming alien invasion and the U.S. government mm. working with aliens un without people knowing to kind of like... And you liked that? Oh, I love that because I think that's really <laughs> happening. Let's move on <laughs> to our next question. Are you ready, Pace Case? But also, isn't there a big will they, won't they tension? Yeah. That's kind of what what the whole thing was was uh, hinged on. Will they? Won't they? Mm -hmm. And they didn't. I don't remember if they ever did or didn't. I feel like they did. I think they did not. Because she Spoiler. got pregnant at one point with somebody else's baby, but then it turned out to be an alien and all this shit. Remember that? I, I look. I didn't watch it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm like, wait, sorry. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to our next question. Here we go. Hello, Bachelor Clues, Pace Case, and Dark Seeker. I'm coming to you from the hockey rink in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. My name is Marilyn. I'm a teacher librarian, and I also score keep hockey part-time. I just want to say I love the show, and your Patreon is much-watched TV. 
So I have a couple of questions that are a little bit related to hockey and a little bit related to um, Bachelor Nation. So question one is, why don't you talk about hockey when you mention sports or the game aspect of Bachelor? They're definitely hero and villain players, PTCs, you name it, and stats galore. Um, and related to that, have you ever tried a simulation using AI or is that possible yet? I ask because players complain about penalties all the time. And it'd be interesting to run a simulation of a hockey game and see how many penalties would be called. And as this relates to Bachelor Nation, it would be interesting to see who AI would predict would win each season. We'd love to hear what you think. Thanks again for all you do. Love you. Interesting question. I would say the reason we don't bring up hockey is because of the two of us, I'm the only one who talks about other sports outside of Bachelor. <laughs> and uh, I never played <laughs> hockey. I've never really... Uh, gotten into it but all the other uh, sports I would say the American sports even though hockey is played in America I consider it more a Canadian sport but um, <laughs> basketball football baseball I know much more about these I played many of them but my apologies for not including hockey I know that it is just as important as the other major sports I just don't know enough about it to ever uh, talk intelligently about it so I don't I don't bring it up all of these weird gambling things in Minnesota the proceeds often benefit the hot the local hockey teams. Have you ever ice skated? Yes. Are you good at it? Um, I'm okay. Nice. I did it once. I was terrible. I don't like being cold and I don't like wearing restrictive shoes. I don't like getting I don't like falling. Yeah, falling too. I like skiing. The other question here is about AI and running simulations for a hockey game. Has that been done? Probably. I know there's there's some mm. talk right now in like the NFL specifically, but uh, other sports, I guess this would apply to as well. Will AI be allowed on the sidelines to play sports? Well, not to play sports, but to do like play calling. Like if you're a an mm. NFL coach, for example, and you know what defenses the other team is running and shit, you could use an AI to be like, what play should we call here against this defense? Or what play should we call on defense against this offense that they're running? These players are on the field with these certain conditions, and you can get all these statistical variables, and an AI can look at that and be like, this is your best shot for a touchdown or a four-yard gain or whatever it may be. That's a deflated football. I Is it a deflated football? I don't know. If everybody has AI, if everybody can use it, it's, it's not really cheating. It's just a tool. Drones that are flying around that look like bugs that are recording the plays. Something like that. I mean, I think that's how broadcast will happen. I don't think you'll have like human beings running cameras. That's probably like five years out. Anybody who's a camera operator, <laughs> sorry. That's going to be gone. Clues is not right in all of his predictions. Let me just say, he predicted that Dale Moss and Claire Crawley were going to get married within the first three episodes of Claire Crawley's season. And in an alternate universe, that did happen. You didn't predict it, right? In this universe, I'm just saying, all of the people you say that are going to lose their jobs might not lose their jobs. That one's right, though. Camera operators is right. Sorry. I mean, it is. You're going to have drones <laughs> doing all camera work. Period. Anyways. I mean, I would love a drone to do my camera work. My phone is so heavy. You're going to have one. Everything is going to be recorded 24 hours a day. That is, I mean, it's already kind of happening. What we're seeing with, I mean, I know this wasn't part of the question. My apologies, but now I've got started, so I have to finish. There is <laughs> what's happening now. You pulled the string. You pulled the string. Woody's going to talk. <laughs> That's right. 
And now he's going to talk about wearable devices. What you're about to see in the very near future is everybody wearing glasses. That's coming in the next couple of years as well. As AR technology and what you're seeing with Meta's Ray-Bans, I got a pair of those. It's interesting. It's not quite there yet, but you can like listen to um, Spotify on them. So you're just wearing little glasses and you tell it to play your Spotify song and it plays it right into your ears. You can also record video, take pictures. Eventually, those glasses are also going to have heads-up displays in them. With your brain? Uh, no, they have little buttons on them. You just touch them. But it could eventually be with your brain. But also, you're going to have in the lenses eventually essentially like readouts that are laid over the world you're looking at so that you can see how much things cost or what someone's name is, et cetera, et cetera. Snorlax can hang out with me. Yes. Snorlax will be hanging out with you for sure. That's all coming. Then technology is good. Some of it is. I mean, technology is inert. It's how you use it. And what are your motivations for using it? The people Mm -hmm. are the ones who are not even good and bad either. I don't believe people are good or bad. I don't really believe in good and evil. Let's get real here. This question was about hockey simulations. How did we get here? My apologies. Uh, I think most people are good. I think everyone is a mixture of selfish and altruistic motivations, neither good nor bad. Let's now move on to the next question, shall we? Hi, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues. My name is Eugenia, and my twin sister, Emmy, has a podcast called The Emmy Awards where she talks about TV and reality TV. And as our favorite podcast hosts and just inspirations for both of us in general, Pace Case, Emmy loves the HBO Lax podcast. Um, That's been a huge inspiration to her as well as Game of Roses. I was just wondering if you guys had any advice for her on how you guys grew the podcast or any words of encouragement. I'm really proud of her. Um, We both really love you guys and any kind of advice or guidance you could give as our like North Star podcast would be so great. Love you. Happy holidays. Thank you so, so much for all the work you do on the podcast. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry. So sweet. Yeah, it was very nice. (laughs) I've never been described as anyone's North Star, but... I have. The North Star. Was it a North Star? Morning Star. Do you know what the Morning Star is? A bird? Satan. That's <laughs> Satan's nickname. You surprise me every day, Clues. That's just knowledge. I mean, I didn't make that up. I know, but the things in your beautiful mind <laughs> that pop out. You know, there, there was a thing where Elon Musk was in some interview and he was talking about, he was like, in my mind is like a storm. I don't think people want to be in my mind. And I was like, dude, I get that. I mean, I get that too, but in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of storm is your mind? Mine's like a hurricane. Okay, let's let's boil this down here. Focus. How to do a good podcast. <laughs> the number one piece of advice I would give you, what helped us out immensely, was you got to go on chatty broads. Yeah. That would be mainly the thing I would do is go on Chatty Broads. Light up your Chatty Broads appearance. It doesn't exist anymore. First build a time machine. However, your mom and dad podcast, and we're still following Becca on all the socials. You're going to go to MIT, get into theoretical physics. But yeah, if you know anyone with a platform, you get them on your podcast, go on their podcast, and... I would say the thing that you kind of, you know, always drive home is like volume. 
if you just make enough of something, it's going to you're going to have put in the hours where it's going to be good. Volume, confidence, always believe that the thing you're doing is the best fucking thing that has ever been done. You may know objectively that is not true, but fucking make yourself feel that it is and it will become good. Also, I would say heavy scrutiny. If you're not editing your own podcast, do that. Go back and listen to everything you say in everything that you do. How can I make this better? How can I fine tune this? How can I do something different? And don't be, don't be afraid to experiment. Change the formula up. If you want to grow it uh, right now, there, I mean, this is true, not just a podcast, but of any media, there's just so much of everything out there. It's a sea of videos on YouTube. It's a sea of podcasts on iTunes. It's a sea of every piece of media you can imagine. You have to cut through that. You got to get people's attention. So whatever your specific uh, niche is, whatever you're talking about, pop culture, whatever, look at the podcasts in the same category as you. What are they doing good? What are they doing bad? The shit they're doing good, emulate it. The shit they're doing bad, do something better. That's kind of like really what what we started out doing in the very beginning. We were like, let's do a Bachelor podcast. I just listened to every Bachelor podcast again and again and again and again and again. And I was like, this one's fucking hilarious. This one's a piece of shit. This one's really good, but it has some bad things. And I kind of looked at what could we do better than these podcasts or different or unique in our specific voices. And uh, we kind of went from there. But yeah, my best advice is like, keep doing it as much as you can. Get, Every repetition you do, you will get better and don't be afraid to change things up. In fact, especially in the beginning, you should be changing things up almost constantly to see what works, what's funny, what feels good to you. And in the end, also, I know this is cliche as fuck, but it's true. Get on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, get on TikTok. No, have fun. Like whatever is making mm. you laugh and and have the most fun while you're doing your podcast, that's going to translate to yeah. to anyone listening to it too. I know the podcast that I like, it's like I feel like it's fun to hang out with these people and just listen to them talk and it's because those people are having fun usually. Yeah, I feel like when we're having fun it's our most fun podcast also for the most part. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I hope th that advice helps. I do love podcasting. I think it's like of all the art forms that I have you know, dabbled in over the course of my life. It's definitely one of my favorites because it's just so freeing and like creatively you could do whatever the fuck you want. I love that element of it. Yeah, it's it's so creative. You don't, the barrier to entry is very low monetarily. Um, you will need another job. You will not make money for a long time. That's another thing to know. <laughs> that is true, yeah. Yeah, that my I definitely will never give the advice. Quit your day job and go full time podcast. It might take a minute to like monetize it at a level that is that's you know supportable, I guess. But um, yeah, my my main advice is just keep doing it. Really scrutinize what you're doing. Look every time you you put out a new episode. Look for a way to make it better than the last one. And if you can do that every time, eventually you got the best podcast in the world. Get advice from people that you trust in that field. That too, yeah. Fantastic question. All right, are you ready to move on to the next question? Yes. Here we go. Dark Seeker here coming at you with a Bachelor alternate universe that I want you two to ponder. What if Hannah Brown picked Pilot Pete and they were successful? What would that mean for Tyler, Jed, who would become 
you know, the next Bachelor? Would Sweetenums have an official Bachelor Nation podcast? Would she be added to Clickbait? Would Clickbait still be alive because she would be added as one of the hosts? Like, what would Bachelor Nation look like today if she had picked Pilot Pete instead of Jed? Dark Seeker. Slipping in a question. I love this. God, this is something (laughs) I've literally never thought about. Have you ever thought of this? No. The possibility of this. Holy shit. No. Okay. Because it's hard to imagine that Tyler would have done Bachelor anyway. They wanted Tyler, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, I still don't think he's Bachelor. Like, he's had that conversation. He's been in those negotiations and they never met his money. Jed? Luke Parker as the bachelor. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Look at this. Well, oh shit. I mean, they would have edited it differently, so that's like part of it. Yeah. Is- but it's Jed, let's say I I think it's pr- yeah, they would have cut it differently and I don't think all the shit about Jed would have come out that he was cheating and stuff cuz it wouldn't have mattered that he mm, didn't get engaged. Yeah, they might have re-edited Jed. What if they just go Mike Johnson, fuck it? Oh, my God. So you've got a Mike Johnson season of The Bachelor with Sluss, Pruitt, Victoria Fuller. That whole season is Mike Johnson. Oh. How does Mike Johnson handle finding out that Victoria Fuller had some kind of romantic relationship with Chase Rice after that one-on-one day? (laughs) (laughs) How does Jed Wyatt handle it? Imagine Jed Wyatt on the fucking date with Chase Rice, where he's fanboying even harder than Pilot Pete did over Chase Rice, and then he has to find out that Victoria Fuller had some Chase Rice, the singer. Is that your Jed Wyatt? That's me doing Jed finding out that. (laughs) What happened to Jed in your your alternate reality? He got hit by a buzz. In my way, this is how Jed talks. My wrist and right. Girl. You're Mr. Right girl. I would love to see a Jed Wyatt Bachelor season. But also, the, this other part of this question is kind of like, what becomes of them as a couple? If you're looking at a Hannah Brown and Pilot Pete, who would now probably be married and maybe even have a kid, I I could see that couple actually working. I could see them, yeah. Honestly. I could too. I can see Sweet Nums and Hannah Brown palling around. I can see the social media coming out of that. Oh my God. I can see them doing like twinning kind of shit. I can see this. I can see this very clearly, actually. It doesn't seem like that that far-fetched to me. I mean, she's married now or no? She's engaged to that guy, to the civilian. Engaged. I ain't seen no white dress yet. I better see it. Yeah. The Hannah Brown wedding is going to be insane, by the way, whenever that happens. I forget that guy's name she's engaged to. But yeah, that's an interesting question. Hashtag worth the wait. Um, can you imagine? You remember when Sweet Nums and Jet and Jack came to our now infamous uh, yes. Barnes and Noble, The Grove book signing slash Trail of Tears slash. Would she have uh, come if it was Popeye? <laughs> yeah. If she had come during that, would Popeye and Hannah Brown have come? Mm. Would we have even gotten kicked out of the Grove if we had Hannah Brown? Would they still be living in L.A.? Would would the Beast still be an icon? Exactly. They could have thrown their weight around. Do you know who this is? She could have her um, bodyguard take them. Yeah. An interesting question. I don't know. I don't know what, what that would look like, honestly. It would be a kinder, gentler 
Bachelor Nation, though, I think. I think that coupling would have had kind of a, a galvanizing effect of the nation. Hannah and Popeye. Yes, because Hannah Brown's season ended in disaster. The guy she chose yeah. had these cheating rumors. She throws the ring back in his face. Then the Popeye season also ends in disaster with this, I'm, I chose Hannah Sluss, but she's throwing the ring back in my face, and now Madison Pruitt's here, and my mom is getting in an argument with her in the, at the, after the final rose. It just mm-hmm. all was like, the, both of those seasons were kind of disastrous endings. If it had wound up that she chose Pilot Pete, they become engaged and are now married, you have a whole era of like a, a really big, beautiful success story to kind of be the most important thing that happened even over the course of the bubble seasons. Instead, what you've got is just a cascading effect of bad endings that have really been every season except Zach Shawcross's, which was cut in such a way that we didn't give a fuck about any of those players anyway. Maybe Hannah Brown would have been able to stop COVID if she had picked Popeye. (laughs) You think that kicks us into a different timeline where COVID doesn't exist? I don't know. Those vibes could have helped. You're right. (laughs) That's the answer, Dark Seeker. If it had happened, no COVID. Let's move on. I believe we have one more question, and uh, let's get to it. Here we go. It's Seeker again. Would you rather have all songs like ever in in all of history be sung by Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide, or would you rather have all artists in the world only be able to perform one Pitbull song, which you can pick in this would you rather scenario, and they would just do their own cover interpretations of it, but there would only be one song that would exist. Let me know. All right. Rounding out with a non-Bachelor-related question from Dark Seeker about Pitbull. I have to say, I don't know any of Pitbull's songs. I only know what he looks like. I, I know you want me. I know you want me. Okay. And the question is, is Pitbull the only artist or... Give me everything tonight. Do all artists have to sing one Pitbull song? Is that the question? I'm yelling timber. Yeah, they can only sing one of his songs. But here's the thing. A cover you could do anyway. I You get a lot of flexibility there. Yeah. I think you probably want that more than one musician. Yeah, I mean, where does AI fit into this? Can AI make music still? <laughs> That's where we're headed anyway. I'm just not seeing like where AI is going to fit into this question, so I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about AI on this, on this very show. Uh, in terms of music production, everyone's going to be using AI. And uh, I think within the next couple of years, we're going to start seeing like top 40 songs that are completely AI. Happy Pitmas. Get ready for that. I think we will because it'll be like Baby Shark. I think some of them already are kind of AI. Yeah. I've been making some some AI music. It's pretty interesting. It's just like there's no time required for it. You literally type in like some lyrics and a genre. Ding, song. It's incredible. Are you putting it under the show? Not yet. Maybe. Maybe we'll come <laughs> really back low to volume. that. volume. <laughs> yeah, I need a one hour dark wave synth song for my Bachelor podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't know about this question. I'm going to go with Pitbull's the only musical artist. Interesting. And every other musical artist is AI. So Pitbull's the only human artist <laughs> okay. left, and he's fighting against AI uh, musicians and music producers for relevance in the new world. Dang. I guess that's one way. 
You would go the other way, though. You want all musical artists to sing Pitbull. To sing one song, but then you get to hear it a lot of different ways. And some of the covers could just be like... As opposed to Pitbull, who you think can only really do one. But I guess you're right. He could do AI and sound like anyone. In your world, we get to a point where artists are like, this is my cover of Pitbull's whatever. And then it's just not that song. They just title it that and they say it's a cover, but it's it's their own original music. Exactly. Okay. Understood. Well, there you have it. Uh, we've answered the hard-hitting questions. Thank you, everybody, for submitting all of these great questions. Uh, we hope that you're having a great holiday season. We're going to be back in this new year with some very exciting uh, stuff. You're definitely going to want to tune in to our January 5th episode. Let me just say that. You're not going to want to miss it. You're never going to forget January 5th. That's right. So thank you once again, everyone. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It's been 7,950 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. <laughs> Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with first leaf go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box that's t-r-y-f-i-r-s-t-l-e-a-f.com slash roses tryfirstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 
15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe, unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> 